When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoopball Nets Podcast. So we're recording this right after the next game. Um, the, tonight, our first debut episode went up on Twitter, so make sure you guys go follow us at Hoopball Nets. Um, shout out to Aaron Bruski and Dan Bespers for ho- helping us with this whole podcasting thing. Um, we're excited to continue to keep going as growing as a podcast. So make sure to go follow us on iTunes. By the time you're listening to this, it should be on iTunes. So go subscribe, leave a nice five star review, and everything. But uh, let's get into the games. So we're gonna start with the the Warriors game since that's where we left off on last podcast. So the Nets lost to the Warriors as we predicted. That we predicted them to lose by like thirty five or some crazy. We predicted some crazy, crazy blowout. But they only lost by six. They lost one twenty to one fourteen. Uh, they outscored the Warriors thirty seven to twenty seven in the fourth quarter. Kind of started to make a comeback, but it just wasn't enough. It usually isn't when you have four All Stars on the team. Uh, as per usual, they lost a turnover battle fifteen to twelve. With and fi- honestly, that's not that bad for the Nets because they usually get twenty turnovers, twenty two turnovers a game. So fifteen isn't that bad. But against a team like the Warriors, they're gonna make you pay. Uh, Karis LeVert and D'Angelo Russell combined for eight of them alone. The Nets also lost the rebound battle, forty seven thirty seven, which is expected with the Warriors. They're a great rebounding team. Everyone rebounds, and the Nets were gonna miss more shots than the Warriors, so it's expected that they get out rebounded. But also that Jared Allen has been lacking on the boards, which is some, which is the reason he's been he, lacking in everything. He didn't really play at the end of the Knicks game today because Enos Cantor was destroying him on the boards. So Enos Cantor always destroys him. Yeah, he Jared Allen needs to, and Kenny Atkinson called him and Ed Davis out for their next game against the Pistons, saying that. If he makes a lineup with both of them, that they better rebound the ball because he expects that lineup with both that's of them the to work. That's the only reason for making happens. a lineup like that because that's what that's no perimeter shooting because you're not Jared. Uh, Jared Allen can shoot a couple threes, but he he's Ed Davis can't shoot at, at all. all. Exactly. So if you have a lineup like that out there, it's purely for rebounding, and it's going to be against Blake and Drummond, so they're going to need the rebounds. But they are right behind the Warriors right now in rebounds for the season. But the Warriors won the rebounds in this one. And the fourth quarter, they actually, the Nets defense, as we know, is one of their weak points. But they actually held 
the stars, Steph, KD, Clay, to a lot of missed shots down the stretch, which is how they came back. They had the ability to tie the game and eventually get the lead, but they just... It came to a point where they were down two, and the Warriors got the ball after missing shots on eight straight possessions and Kevin Durant basically was just tired and said I had enough made his easy regular mid-range jumper right in Karis LeVert's face without even trying and then that was basically game over and then Steph's dagger on the next possession after that off a screen three game so the Nets as we've discussed the Nets biggest three problems are probably their offensive rebounding their defense and their turnovers so when it comes to offensive rebounding, they gave up 12. And when you give up 12 to a team as talented as the Warriors, when you give them a second chance, nine times out of ten, they're going to convert on it. They're actually the seventh worst team in the league when it comes to offensive rebounding. However, as you could probably guess, one of the six teams worse than them are the Nets. And that's, like we said, a huge area of concern. The only person on the Nets who can offensive rebound the ball is Ed Davis. Consistently offensive rebound the ball is Ed Davis. Jerry I mean, has his time. And they have him. a nice Kenneth Fareed who's going to see the court for garbage time who's good at offensive rebounding, but that's about it. Uh, when it comes to shooting, they actually held the they, they kind of held in there at the Warriors. The net shot 48.3% from the field, 47.6% from the three-point line, and 66.7% from the free throw line, while the Warriors shot 49.4% from the field, 33.3% from the three-point line, and 87.5% from the stripe. The Nets made 23s, and four, of the, four Nets made at least four threes. Shout out to Alan Crabb, who down the stretch continuously hit threes he he's the reason they came back having him in the game like in this game I think he earned his role as a closer in the lineup he might actually earn that spot back over Joe Harris who missed a shot that would have brought them to one of the week Joe Harris he missed a shot that would have brought them to down one with seven seconds left but Alan Crabb kept hitting his shot, so it was a good game for him after a big stretch of bad games to start the season. When you think about it, it's actually pretty impressive that they managed to hang in there with the Warriors from three, even though Clay was off. And when Clay's off, that kind of brings down the Warriors' morale in their three-pointers. But hey, the Nets hung in there. They made uh, 23s compared to the Warriors' 11, but the Warriors ended up attempting nine more free throws. onto the box score... KD and Steph alone combined for 69 points. And we called on our last podcast that Steph was going to absolutely obliterate the Nets. Because the guards do not know how to play defense I think on the last podcast he said he was going to score like 53. He's going to score some (laughs) crazy amount. And he ended up scoring, what, 30? He scored 35. Um, KD had 34 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal and a block on 11 of 20 shooting in 39 minutes. He was getting to the basket with ease, taking 11 free throws. I mean... When it when it comes to the Nets, when it comes to the league, can't anybody really guard KD? Like, if KD wants a bucket, he's going to get no a bucket. No one can guard anyone on the Warriors. They're just too good. Steph ended with 35.7 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. He made 7 threes on 11 of 26 shooting in 36 minutes. Continues At, his ridiculous pace to start the season. He is going bonkers. He is back to his unanimous he MVP self right now. He is crazy. Even, and shout out to Clay for breaking the NBA record with three pointers with fourteen tonight. Yeah, that is insane. If you had Clay in fantasy, you're definitely winning three pointers if you're in categories. 
even even in this game, even Clay was getting to this was before his shot. He hit 14 threes tonight, so he he went one of five from three in the game versus the Nets. But he was getting to the basket. He put up 18 points onto the Nets. D'Lo and Levert combined for 48 points and are clearly the Nets' two most dynamic players. Um, Carlos Levert had 23 points, seven assists, and three rebounds, one steal, and two blocks on nine of 18 shooting. He knocked down four of seven threes. Um, he went. He shot 50, percent so he's kind of back to that efficient shooting. And a couple of those threes were actually down the stretch too, in the midst of Crab's surge in the fourth. He had a couple of shots. He was just pulling right in their face. Hunter, and it was Hunter was watching the game, and I was doing homework, so I strictly remember him texting me. The Nets are gonna win. They're drilling threes. Yeah, no, Nothing but threes. They, they did not miss. Karis Levert and. Alan Crabb, everything they put up was going in in the fourth. D'Lo also put in a couple extra shots at the end. He had the best stat line of the night with 25 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, and a block. 9 of 14 shooting, 5 threes. He's actually been a solid 3-point shooter so far this season. His efficiency from 3 has been there. But, once again, 5 turnovers because he doesn't know how to handle the ball, make make smart plays, so... Uh, you yeah. can't just let him have a good game every time. I mean, if he ended the game with one turnover, then he'd have a great stat line and a smart gameplay. But no, he just he makes mistakes too well, much. Well, speaking of D'Lo, he currently ranks, like, I didn't know this, but I looked it up. He currently ranks fourth in the NBA in three-point percentage for guys who have taken over 33s. He's only behind Steph, who is completely on fire, Chris Middleton, and Kyle Lowry. He's shooting 49% from three. Which is better than guys like Clay Thompson, but Clay's shooting like fourteen percent from three. Well, not after tonight. He was. Yeah, he's better th- right now. D'Lo shooting a better three point percentage than Clay Thompson, James Harden, and Victor Oladipo. I'd expect Clay to change, but Harden and Oladipo, he can beat them. Another crazy stat is that Karis LeVert and D'Angelo Russell have the two best pull-up three-point percentages in the league for players with a minimum of 10 attempts. D'Lo is actually leading the NBA in pull-up three-point percentages with 61.5%, and Karis is tied for second with Chris Middleton at 60%. That's because the Nets run the fast offense, the shoot-at-will offense, so... Everybody what they jack do, it up when you What please. they do is they create fast breaks, come up the court, and they just... If they see any space, they're not afraid to shoot it. But their issue is that they do this and they don't have anyone to rebound. So if they miss, they're out of luck. Like other teams run the half court and have someone to offensive rebound, which is how they get more opportunities and more shots up than the Nets, who just keep running and gunning without anyone to rebound for them. And at this early into the season, it's hard to, to really buy into a lot of things. But one thing with the Nets I'm buying into is that they go as far as Carasover and D'Lo take them. And I feel like it's time for Kenny Atkinson to just forget the whole short leash thing and realize that if D'Lo's not your best player, he's your 1B to Karras' 1A or, Karras, or the 1A to Karras' 1B and just play him 30 minutes a night no matter what. What, what do you have to lose? Well, I will say that it's tough to play all three of their guards. So in a game where Dinwiddie has the hot hand, I see why you would sit D'Angelo Russell. He didn't have the hot hand this in a lot. I know, no. He played D'Lo and Karras at the end of this game because they both had the hot hand. But in a game that D'Lo's one for 13 with three points and Dinwiddie has 19 off the bench, you're going to play him at the end of the game. I just feel like we everyone knows Spencer Dinwiddie's time on this team 
he might be off the team by the All-Star break. D'Lo, there's a good chance he's on this team for the foreseeable future. So, and we know the Nets, the Nets aren't, they're trying to win games, but the chance they have of making the playoffs is slim. So why not just run D'Lo to the ground? Like, play him 35 minutes. Steph played 36 minutes. Play D'Lo 32 minutes a night, 33 minutes a night. See what he has. And if he's good, then you give him the extension at the end of the year, mid-year, and you got him for, you lock him up. At this point, though, it, based on how everyone looks, I'd, I'd be more inclined to give Karras the extension than D'Lo. Because I'd rather risk having Dinwiddie and Napier as my point guards than lose Karras Levert. You'd risk Shabazz Napier being your starting point guard. Instead of losing Karras Levert? Shabazz Napier being your starting point guard. And losing Karras Levert? So so it's basically Karis Levert versus D'Lo. There's no way. And I so think it's Nap- clear that which one we both would choose. I choose D'Lo, you choose Karis Levert. Yes. And it makes sense because if you lose Karis Levert, you're not starting Dinwiddie at the two. So what, you're going to go back to starting Alan Crabb and Joe Harris? Wow, that lineup took you far. Alan Crabb and Damari Carroll. I would rather start D'Lo and Joe Harris or D'Lo and Alan Crabb than Shabazz No, then Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert. Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert is a better lineup than D'Lo and Joe Harris. Okay, no, I mean, it is. But Spencer Dinwiddie is not as like D'Lo is more talented than Karis Levert. D'Lo's their most talented player. I don't care what anyone says. D'Lo is by far their most talented player. So why would you give that up? D'Lo is miles talent, miles more talented than Karis Levert. Miles more talented? No, more talented? Yes. Yes, talented. More talented? Way more but talented. But he uses it wrong. He's 22. His brain isn't there. He has the talent. He doesn't have the smarts of He's basketball. He's 22. Okay, and Karis LeVert is not some old Karis man. Karis LeVert averages four turnovers a game, too. They both don't hold on to the ball. And D'Lo's the better shooter and passer. I don't. Karis LeVert just gets to the basket. That's it. Karis LeVert has been the better player this season, correct? In what, five games, four years, six games? Yes. In wait till, six okay, games. Wait, till we get to, wait till we get to the next game. Do you know what he shot in the next game? Yes, he had a terrible <laughs> okay. game. He had a terrible game. Everyone's due for a bad game when you're shooting. I like feel like this. this this is I don't want this to just become Karis Avert versus D'Lo because we like both of them. We do. But if it comes down to who their franchise player is, we have two completely different views on the topic. I mean, also Jared Allen is Jared always Allen gonna be their been, anchor center. Jared so. Allen has been oh I don't want to say trash because he's not trash. He's been underwhelming to start the season. That is true, but he still had some solid games. He just he just has some seven and six games where he could be playing a lot better than that. Let me ask you before moving on to the next game. What does the Nets hanging with the Warriors mean? For the Nets. Not for the Warriors, for the Nets. Because the Warriors don't care. Had they have lost, I don't think they would have really cared. But had the Nets won, it would have been a celebration. See, it would have meant something had the Nets won. But they... Came back, got the hot hand, hit a bunch of threes, made Draymond Green force a turnover, and then what happens? Something that happened in the Pelicans game and the Pistons game. 
they can't close. They can't come back. But that's they to can't be expected win. of a young team. They cannot team. win the games. It doesn't matter. It me, means nothing because they didn't win. It me means absolutely nothing. I don't care what here. team it is. It means nothing. Me and you sat here and said that they're going to get blown out by 35. And they lost by 6. So you're telling me it means absolutely nothing that they were able to hang in with the two-time NBA champions and lose by six. No, because the way I see it is the Warriors thought the game was over at some point and just were holding the ball. But that's not fair to the Nets. That's just underplaying what they did. And then once they realized, oh, now it's a two-point game, what do they do? Give it to Kevin Durant for an easy fadeaway. And then the Nets miss. Oh, let's get Steph his open three. Game over. It's, It's... but I feel like saying the Warriors just didn't care is really just like taking away all the it's work. It's not that, the that they game. don't care, but them in the regular season at seven and one, while you know they have a lot more that they'll show in the playoffs, it it, it doesn't mean anything that the Nets came back and lost. They didn't win. But it's not like they came back versus any team. It's the Warriors, and they they could like it means be... something for the Nuggets when the Nuggets held them off and beat them in a close game. That's why does it mean something for the Nuggets but not the Nets? We because know the, the Nuggets, Nuggets are good. Them. We know the Nuggets can beat the Warriors. That is a statement game. There's people. Them. There's people that would say Handed the Nuggets. One loss. There's people that would pick the Nuggets to beat the Warriors. I don't know how many people you could pick. I don't know how many people would pick the Nets to beat the Warriors, and they lost by six. But they lost. But they lost by six they still to the lost. Warriors. I get that they lost, but it, it's not like they got blown out like everyone was expecting. It showed some grit, some grind, something. That they, they have the capability of hanging in with one of these. They could have beat the – they were a possession away from beating the Pelicans. And then they come back, and they're what? Three possessions they away were from beating? possession away from beating the Pistons. But what and happened in that but game? The, lost, they should have beat the Pistons, lost. yes. They were a possession away from beating the Pelicans and a possession away from beating the the uh, t- three possessions away from beating so the Warriors. So let's say they end four games out of the eighth seed in the East. You're going to look back at all these games and realize that they can't close. Free agents and that's are going to the reason they did. Their pitch win. to free agents is going to be you. You, they're going to look back on these games and be like, had we had you, we could have beat the Warriors. Had we had you, we could have beat the Pelicans. Because the, you, you bring a veteran presence to this team, we wouldn't have that turnover problem because the ball will be in your hands. That's what they're going to pitch to. Like, this is what they need to show free agents, that they can hang in with good teams without a star yet. And Dillon and Carlos Verde are showing they can develop into a star, so let them get an actual bona fide superstar, and that's perfect for them. I I honestly believe though that if they get a free agent, that's just that, that's gonna take a lot away from Karis Levert. Maybe not D'Lo. That's gonna take a lot away from Karis Levert, who has the ball in his hands a lot right now. You get a superstar, Karis Levert doesn't have the ball in his hands anymore because it's split between D'Lo and that superstar. And I understand what you're saying, and maybe that is the case, but. I mean, they need a superstar, yes. That's true. All I'm trying to say is it. I feel like it, it means something for them because a year ago, they would have got blown out by 30. Two years ago, they would have they got blown out by 50. But they're a better team now. That's we what I'm saying. That. We but we didn't expect that. them to be as good as they were in, in this, this game. game. They had a hot hand. Everyone has a hot game. You expect Alan Crabb to continuously drill Alan Crabb is like threes 13. like that. How much is Alan Crabb? Like 16? He can average 14. What did he average okay. last year? Like but the the way he was hitting these threes at the end of the game with confidence, and then Lavert taking them with confidence, D'Lo, 
that that's that's rare. That is rare. They're not going to do that every game. They should have been able to do it against the Knicks. Well, well, since you bring up the Knicks game, let's get to it. They got outscored. Well, they ended up losing one fifteen to ninety six. They got it outscored. was a back to back, by the way. So they were seemingly tired. They got outscored twenty three to thirty three coming out of the half, which seems to be a continued problem for them. Uh, they they continue to come out of the half with no intensity, getting outscored by a whole bunch of teams, which is weird because last year they were one of the best uh, scoring offenses and coming out of the half. Also, it's weird for a team that runs such a quick offense to start slow out of the half. Usually that's something for the teams that run the half court and the, the slow game. But for a team that comes out running right away, it's kind of strange that they can't score coming out of the half. And... But for once, one bright side of the whole game, they only turned the ball over 10 times. But they shot the ball so bad in this game that it did not matter that they turned the ball over 10 yeah, times. They, for once, they won the turnover battle for the second time this season. They got severe, What really lost in the game was rebounds They got and poor shooting percentage. But they got out-rebounded for the second straight game, losing the rebound battle 53-32. to they gave up 16 offensive rebounds. Reason for Jared Allen sitting for the entirety of the fourth quarter because he let Enos Cantor grab 15 rebounds on his head. When I think he got six offensive rebounds too. When we go to the actual team shooting, they shot 40.5% from the field, only 28.9% from the three-point line, and 77.3% from the free-throw line. They only made 11 of their 38 three-point attempts. They went cold from downtown. On the other hand, they allowed the Knicks to shoot 48.9% from the field, 37.5% from three, and 88.9% from the free throw line. They allowed the Knicks to shoot 48.9%, and they allowed the Warriors to shoot 49.4%. There's no way you should be giving up almost the same percentage as to the Knicks that you gave the Warriors. Okay, but the hot hand thing I was saying with the Warriors, cold hand against the Knicks. They hit 47% threes against the Warriors. What and they hit 29% in this game. They they're going to they have to find a middle ground of consistency. They're going to be hot and cold at the wrong time. Being hot against the Warriors is the wrong game to be hot. Because then you're cold against the Knicks. If you're hot against the Knicks like that, you destroy them. I feel but, like it's all about finding a middle ground. It's all about finding consistency for these young players. Like, some games are going to go cold. Some games are going to be hot. But the, the problem with there, – there always needs to be that middle ground where you there's at le- you can at least always salvage a decent game. Like with D'Lo, there's times he'll go 9 of 14, 9 of 16. But then there's times he'll go 2 of 7. I mean, like 2 of 15. And it's like there's never those games. There's rarely those games where he goes – 8 of 16. A cool 50%. It's always either great or bad. And it's about finding that consistent middle ground for him. Uh, when we go on to the notable stat lines, uh, Jared Dudley played 18 minutes and went 0 of 4 with 2 rebounds and 3 assists. In my opinion, he should be completely out of the lineup. I he will be. I don't understand why he's still playing. I don't understand what he brings to the team. After this game from Hollis Jefferson, I don't expect Dudley to be starting the next game. Karis LeVert had his worst game of the season. He scored four points to go with two rebounds and five assists on two of 11 shooting. He went 0 for 6 from the three-point line. Uh, D'Lo scored 13 points, three rebounds, and two assists on four of 10 shooting and also knocked down three triples in 27 minutes. 
Rondé Hollis Jefferson finally broke out. He had 16 points and 7 rebounds in 27 minutes. And Spencer Dinwiddie led the team in points with 17. But he didn't do much else as he only added 3 assists and a rebound. Uh... When the Nets don't turn the ball over, they shoot it poorly. And when they shoot it poorly, and when they don't shoot it poorly, they turn the ball over. They they can't seem to get a game where they put it all together. And they gave up 15 and 15 to Enos Kanter, and they once again got lit up by the backcourt. Tim Hardaway Jr. had 25, and Frank Nidokina had 16. And Frank Nidokina played great defense down the stretch and made D'Angelo Russell a non-factor completely. Every time he touched the ball, he would pass it because Nito Kina had swarming defense on him. But I, it's like I said, the Nets got hot against the Warriors. Wrong team to get hot against because they'll beat you regardless. And then they get cold against the Knicks, who if they were hot against the Knicks, they would have won. So they just picked the wrong time to get hot and cold, and they showed fatigue in this game. The only person who seemed fresh was the person whose second game of the season it was, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Wait, was it his second or his third? Third, I think third. He had 16 and 7, 27 minutes. He he had the – him and Dinwiddie had the two best games off the bench. And Hollis-Jefferson probably going to start for Dudley very soon. And then when Damari Carroll comes back, Dudley should not play at all. Low-key, someone who is – Kind of contributing from the Nets off the bench is Shabazz Napier. He scored like 12, 16, 12. He had, yeah, he had 12 again today. He he was good on the Blazers. He closed games with them in a three-guard lineup. I I thought he should play when the Nets signed him. He That's why I think they should trade Dinwiddie so that Napier gets more minutes because they can get something out of Dinwiddie that they need in a trade. Uh, like we said, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Frank Nidokina lit the backcourt up with 41 points. And since we're talking about backcourts, I have a, I have a, a very controversial question for you. Well, at least controversial in our eyes. Are D'Lo and Karis LeVert a top 10 backcourt? No. See, now, we've talked about this. No. And we've compiled a list. So the shoe-ins, of course, are Stephen Clay, CP3, and John Wall. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Just so you guys know, it's 5.45 in the morning, so uh, forgive us if we're a little loopy. CP3 <laughs> and Harden, John Wall and Bradley Beal, Kyrie and Jalen Brown, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, and that's kind of where it stops because we have Rubio and Mitchell as a shoe-in, but as I'm reading this now, Ricky Rubio has been having a horrible season. So let's just say we put them in because Donovan Mitchell carries that. Sure. We have Bled. Nope, they don't count either. I guess. Drogic and Josh Richardson. Drogic and Josh Richardson's a shoe in. And I guess Jeff Teague and Jimmy Butler's a shoe in. Now, we didn't put people like Kemba Walker and Jeremy Lamb because Jeremy Lamb is not that good. And we're not going to just put him in because Kemba Walker. We didn't put Darren Collison and Victor Oladipo. We didn't put Westbrook and Terrence Ferguson. Yeah, because Victor Oladipo carries that and Westbrook carries that. We didn't put Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz. Bryn Forbes and DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, we didn't put – we need two competent uh, There is also one backcourt that I think is better that – Najee does not believe it better. Kyle Lowry and Danny Green. But. See, that one, that one was iffy for me, but I would still give it to D'Lo and Karis LeVert. The, the ones were on the edge about, because what do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We have nine that we just said. So, so the ones were on the edge about is De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald, Eric Bledsoe and 
uh, Malcolm Brogdon, and D'Lo and Karis LeVert. So with Fox and Buddy Heald, I definitely feel like Karis LeVert is better than Buddy Heald. Is D'Lo better than De'Aaron Fox? I don't know because De'Aaron Fox is having an amazing season. Also, De'Aaron Fox plays defense. D'Angelo Russell doesn't. Okay, so let's see. Okay, fine. Maybe the Nets aren't a top 10 backcourt. Are they top 11? Are they, they're definitely top 15. So are they the, Are they right outside top 10? I give them about 12, 13. 13. I say they're better than Eric Bledsoe and Malcolm Brogdon. No. Karis, they're not. Karis LeVert is They're not because, because of how little is asked of Bledsoe and Brogdon and the efficiency and lack of turnovers that they have because of what little is asked of them. Compared to how much D'Lo and Lavert have the ball, it just it it's obvious to me. Eric Bledsoe is averaging thirteen points in twenty eight minutes, and D'Lo is averaging seventeen and twenty. Question: what, Do the minutes? Do the Nets have Middleton or Giannis? He, Two players better than anyone the Nets could imagine. Okay, 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 right okay. Eric Bledsoe attempts ten point nine shots per game. D'Angelo Russell, hold on, give me a second 13. here. D'Angelo Russell 13. attempts what, 13. 13. What, 11 to 13? He attempts two more shots. And and averages, what, three more points, four more points? And Bledsoe's doing everything else better in the stat sheet. Turnovers, steals, blocks, rebounds, D-Lo's assists, efficiency. D'Lo's going to have the turnovers, but I would still say D'Lo's better than Karras. No, D'Lo, D'Lo is better than Karras but I'd also say D'Lo's better than Eric Bledsoe. Literally everything except points, which is because of the amount of shots he takes. He shoots two more shots. Okay, two more shots, three more points. <laughs> It's he's the better offensive player. He's okay. I guess no, he, he's not. Because, he is because if he's you, definitely if you go the better to offensive Bledsoe player. and look at what he did when he was the man with the keys to the offense in Phoenix, he averaged twenty one points per game. Okay, he was also like eight years deep in his career, uh, six years deep in his career. Delo's four years deep. I'm sure. Okay, I'm two talking. More years. We're talking today though. He's, and D'Lo's better today. No, you're He's talking not. back when he was on the Suns. Okay, Bledsoe's the same player on a way better team. But on that team, when he was on the Suns averaging 21, he was far deeper in his career than D'Lo is now, so it's unfair to compare the two. No, I'm comparing Bledsoe back then to Bledsoe now because of the same player. He just no longer has the keys to the offense. So I'm looking at the stats but, he could have if he had D'Lo's role. But D'Lo in this offense, do what, seven games? Okay, I'm pretty sure... Wait, in the simplest of terms, is D'Lo a better scorer than Eric Bledsoe? No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. He's a better shooter. Is he? Yes. Shooting is the only thing I'll give you. What else? He's getting not, to the basket. Athleticism. He's craftier. Okay, you don't have to be athletic to be a great athleticism, scorer. You don't have to be athletic to be a great range. scorer. What mid range? Getting to the basket, Eric Bledsoe. I think D'Lo's better shooting at at the three point shooting and mid range shooting. No, his mid range game is not good. What do you mean? D'Angelo Russell's mid range game is not good. Have you seen how many crafty floaters he takes having someone on his back pulling? And Eric and Bledsoe is shots? way better inside the arc than D'Lo. Outside, I'll give you that. I'll Eric Bledsoe's better inside the paint. No, inside the three point inside line. Inside the paint. Eric Bledsoe's Eric better. Eric Bledsoe's better inside the paint. Everything inside the arc, he's better than him. Uh, okay, and Karasavar and Malcolm Brogdon. That's not even an argument. Karasavar is better than Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon also Stop it. is... Stop it. Okay, Karasavar is... 
is better, better by than a Brogdon. very small margin. What are you talking about? Brogdon plays great defense. We can't. That's all you've said for both of them. They play great defense. Okay, and also, Karasovar is also, better than Malcolm they're Brogdon. They're on an undefeated team where they're not asked a lot of. If that, I don't care about. I'm talking about their skill as players. If Karis, if Malcolm Brogdon was on the Nets, he'd if be doing Blenso worse than Karasovar. And Brogdon were on the Nets, they'd be better than two and four right now because they're more experienced. Bledsoe's the more experienced no, player. He wouldn't make the same mistakes better. D'Lo makes easily because he's more experienced. No, they're better. No, they're not. Maybe in two years, D'Lo and Lavert will be they're better. They're better right now at this moment. They're not. Right now, at 5.51 in the morning no, on October not. 30th, they are better they're than Eric Bledsoe and Malcolm Brown. They're not. They are. Looking ahead, the, actually, no, let us know. Tweeted us at HoopBallNets on Twitter and let us know who was right, Najee or Hunter. We c- I would make another bet with you, but you're already going to lose the first one. There so. is little to no doubt in my mind that the Nets, two are not a top 10 backcourt. Okay, and they're not top Bledsoe, 10. They're definitely better than Eric Bledsoe and, and that Bledsoe Malcolm Brogdon. And Brogdon are better than them. Not a chance. Looking ahead, the Nets play uh, the Pistons. I think they're at home. Yeah, the Nets play the Pistons at home. The Pistons are currently 4-1. They're coming up what? They're coming up a loss to the Celtics, right? Yes, the Celtics completely blew out the Pistons by twenty after they were undefeated prior to the game. So yeah, they're coming off a loss. The Nets only lost to them by two a couple a couple of games ago, so they have the chance to pull it pull one out against the Pistons. We predicted they win this game against the Pistons, but we also predicted they win the game against the Knicks, so but if I had to predict, I'd say they hmm. I want to say they pull one out and win, but I also can see Blake Griffin going off for 45 and the Nets not being able to match it. I I can also see Reggie Jackson lighting them up. Okay, so what I expect is a fat L and a 2020 game from Drummond. That is my prediction. The score, I will say 107 101. What do you base these scores on? You just pull them off the top of your head. (laughs) I give it a, I give it a 29 point performance from Blake. I give it. He's literally just pulling stats from nowhere. I give it 25 and 22 from Drummond. (laughs) I give Reggie Jackson 28 and 19. I give Reggie Jackson approximately 16 points. Okay. Remember this. So 16 for Reggie Jackson. How much for Drummond? 20. Five and twenty. Yeah, you didn't even remember. Twenty-five and twenty-two. <laughs> and how much for Blake Griffin? Twenty-nine. Okay, remember that because we'll be back next episode to see if he was right. But that's it for this episode, guys. We want to thank you for listening. Like we said, we just debuted on. Uh, we're also on Stitcher. If anyone uses Stitcher, go look us up on that. Make sure to follow us. You can listen on Hoopball.com, of course. Follow us on Twitter at HoopballNets. By the time you hear this, it should be on iTunes, so subscribe. Leave a rate and review. Please give us five stars. If you have any criticism, we're, we're open to it. Please tweet it at us. Be You put it in the iTunes review. But, uh, yeah, if you want to follow us individually on Twitter, I'm at Najee Adams underscore. If you don't know how to spell Najee, it's N-A-J-E-E Adams underscore. Hunter's at Hunter underscore J-K-R. So, yeah, thank you all for listening once again. We'll see you next episode.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.